Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Recently, in our culture, we are experiencing some tough times. There's mass school shootings of elementary school children. There's road rage, assaults, there's robberies, there's theft, and there are all kind of things going on. I believe that we are experiencing the result of fatherlessness and the breakdown of the family structure over the last generation. Today and for the next few days, I'm going to be sharing messages about fathers and the influences that the fathers can have in the life of their children that changes our culture. If you are a man, I want you to listen to this message today. And if you're a woman, I want you to call the man in your life and tell him to listen to this message as we walk in the light of God's word. You need a work ethic. You're going to know how, because you're going to need to work for your family and not just work, be a good worker, be a diligent worker, be a consistent worker, be a dedicated worker. And my job is to teach you how to work. Because if you work, I know if you work, you can make it. You'll get a job, you'll, you'll be a good worker, a good employer, employee on a job, and you'll always have some money coming in because you will know how to work. I learned how to work. We had to work. We had a shoe shine route. We bought some little tools and some leather and started, started a little leather um, making keychains and, and wallets, me and my brothers. We cut yards. We sold peanuts. And when I was 13, then I got a real job. That was before I was 13. But we were working. You know why? Because he said, I'm not giving you any money. You got to earn your money. I ain't give you no money. By the time he'd give you a dollar, you could have done sold uh, 50 of uh, 75 soda bottles. By the time he gave you a dollar, I got you talking about it. You said, I'm going to go hustle up some soda bottles. I can make some money by the time I got to listen to all of that. <laughs> so don't give them everything they want. Tell them you have to work in life to get what you want. I'm not giving that to you. Go cut a yard, pull some weeds out of the flower bed, do something. See, because when you give them something all the time, what are they going to look for? An enablement all the time. Somebody's supposed to give me something. It ain't like that when you get out in the world. That's why you're raising up men that, that some of them won't even work in a pie factory. So when I left home, I was 18 years old. I got a job working at United Parcel Service. I was working unloading trucks, those little brown trucks you see. This was in 1968. Working in those, and I was so happy because I was making $3.13 an hour. And I was like, oh my God, I'm making money right now. And I was throwing those boxes and they worked us hard. We had to, we had to, we had to unload 1,500 packages per hour with the labels up in the heat. And we were throwing that. And there were guys that would come and they would quit at break time. And I was in there singing. I'm just, man, this is, I'm getting paid for this. I worked harder than that for free. <laughs> I ain't leaving this job. I ain't quitting this job. Are you kidding me? So that was almost triple minimum wage. What's triple minimum wage these days? That'll be almost $20 an hour. I'm, I'm going to work. And that guy said, that guy is working. Then he gave me a, uh, gave me a, a promotion. Because I was working. I mean, this ain't nothing, man. It's just work. So he taught us a work ethic. He said, you need to provide for your family. 
You need to provide for your family. My father provided for the family. That's the number one thing. Said, man, you provide for your family. And he said this, if, if you work, you ought to have something. See, these are just simple principles. If you're going to work, don't ever spend more money than you have coming in. And he said, do not ever let more go out than you have coming in. Do not ever in your life let more money go out than you have coming in. That's still a principle that works today. Because how many of you have been working? You're 40 years old, 45 years old. You've been working already in the, in the uh, working market for 25 years. And you don't have enough money to last through your paycheck. If you don't get paid next time, you're you going to buy. He would look at you and say, what's wrong with you? That's what he would do. He said, you don't have good sense. You've been working that, man, that many years and you can't ride out a paycheck? Are you kidding me? And you, you done went to school too? <laughs> That's what he would say. He said, you don't have good sense. Just simple as that. It's not a matter of how much you make, it's how much you save. Now, folks called him cheap, but he wasn't broke. My mother said, you know, the people at the church thought we were rich. This was back in the late 50s and the early 60s. I said, they thought we were rich? They said, yeah. Because when your dad bought that 1954 Chevrolet, he paid cash for it. Our house was paid for in about four years. Your dad paid cash. We don't pay cash for the rest of the house. They thought we were rich. My father was a barber. Haircuts was 25 cents. He says, you can make it work. Just don't spend everything that comes in your hand. I remember he bought a new car um, 12 years later, 1966. Nice Chevrolet Impala. Four-door. And I'm thinking, Dad, you could have got one with some air conditioning in it. He said, you got four of them, roll them down. <laughs> Thank you, sir. That was his way. And when we get old, we want to have something. We don't want to re rely upon anybody else. That's, that's an influence. That influenced me in my thinking about how to manage for the future in our family. He said, you need to manage your family resources. Do some planning for the future. I was looking at some documents the other day. It was in 1962. He went out and bought some rent houses back in the day. In fact, he was renting a little place for his barbershop. He says, why should I keep renting? I'm going to buy a place, and then I'm going to have my own shop, and then I'm going to rent out the chairs to somebody else. Uh, seventh grade education, but he was intelligent. So he bought a couple of rent houses in 1962. They are still generating income today for my mother. Some foresight. Don't spend everything you have, everything you see on your eyes. You just want to go get it. I told him, I said, Dad, why don't we get some mag wheels? That mags was just coming out in the 60s. Get some mags for the Chevrolet. He said, son... They don't make your car ride no better. And in fact, I can't even see them while I'm driving. 
And thirdly, the only one can see him, the little boy down the street, he's going to see where I park so he can steal him. <laughs> I couldn't argue with that. I couldn't argue with that. Well, you're right. So he taught us. He influenced us. He spent time and he shared with us how to do things. Uh, putting a work ethic, providing for the family, planning for the future. He also taught us, and these are not in any particular order, how to honor God and serve God. How to be a person of character. How to be a person of reputation. He was big on that. Your name means something. Be a person of your word. He was big on that. Be a person of your word. And he said, my job is to keep you out of jail, to train you to work. And he said, let me tell you, about, let me tell you boys something. I'm not going to help you get in jail. And I ain't going to help you get out. You're going to have to get in by yourself. And you're going to have to get out by yourself. I ain't helping you get in. If you get in, you got in on your own. So you can get out on your own. So I don't know any of us that went to jail on purpose. <laughs> if they did, I don't know about it. He also taught us about discipline and being disciplined. Discipline in the home. He would say there are no juvenile delinquents. There are parental delinquents. If you have a juvenile delinquent, that's a direct reflection upon the parenting. Somebody used to come, I, when my sister was born, uh, someone said to my father one time I was listening, he said, well, you got one girl, Rev? I bet she's spoiled. He said, anything spoiled ain't no good. <laughs> so he, he ain't had no sense of humor when it came to stuff like that. <laughs> anything spoiled is no good. So she got in line with the rest of us. She had to line up just like everybody else. He didn't take no prisoners. It was like, yeah, you're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to be diligent. Uh, so he set rules in the home. I don't care how old you get, as long as you live in this house. Some of y'all heard that when you were coming up. I don't care how old you get. I don't care how many whiskers you, you have, son. There's still one man in this house that run things. And as long as you're in this house, you're going to have to be in this house by this time. I don't care how old you get. You go off and you come back 40 years old, you still got a curfew. Because <laughs> you're in this house. I know my brother went out and stayed past the curfew. I think it was midnight. And so he's going to sneak in the back door. No turn on any lights. Tiptoe through the house, get undressed, and get in the bed. My daddy was in his bed. <laughs> he ain't waiting up for him. Can you see that? Get in bed and... Yeah. 
okay, son. <laughs> it wasn't funny then. <laughs> but he had those rules. He had those, those guidelines. And those were his rules. Whether you liked it or not, those were his rules. You know, we went out to work. And when we worked, we had to bring whatever we earned home and give it to him. Bring that in here. Put it right there. You talk about taxation without representation. <laughs> Put that money right here. So the only way we made it, I, I skimmed a little bit off the top. <laughs> Give me a couple of dollars off the top and just put the rest of it right in there. But that's what we did and that's the way it was and you were going to do that and you didn't have anything to say about it. This is Pastor Jerry G. Martin and I want you to know that God, our Heavenly Father, is interested in every one of His children. And as men and as fathers, we have to be interested not only in our children, but the children of others that makes up our community and makes up our neighborhood. If you would like to hear today's message over or any part of today's message, you can go to our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. You can listen to today's message or what you may have heard yesterday or in the previous broadcast. If you are a man, and especially a father, I want you to listen very closely to me. The first thing that we should do to be the kind of man or father that God wants us to be is to be dedicated to our Heavenly Father, God in Heaven, where we have given our lives to Him, we're walking in a life of righteousness and holiness so that God can demonstrate Himself in us and we can demonstrate that life to our families and to our children. At the light of the world, we are interested in every man. Men are important in the body of Christ. Men are important in church. I spend time building up and encouraging every man that's a part of our congregation. If you are not really connected for whatever reason in a church, and you may feel like you're misplaced, I want you to know that you're not misplaced in the kingdom of God. I invite every man that's not connected, and even if you are wavering, I want you to be my guest this Father's Day at The Light of the World. We are located at 16161 Old Umber Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Umber Road. Our Sunday morning service is at 10. We're going to honor every father, and I want to honor you. Come and be my guest on Father's Day. For more information, you can call us at 281-964-1393. Now for The Light of the World, this is Pastor Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.